My name is Michael Hildebrand, and I am the director of the Upstate Mobility Alliance. We are a nonprofit focused on making the upstate of South Carolina a vibrant and connected region in the areas of transportation and mobility. Today, we have Chad Carson, founding board member of Friends of the Green Crescent Trail with us. So, Chad, welcome. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. So first, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and how you uh, became involved in the Green Crescent Trail. Sure. Well, I'm a resident of Clemson, and I actually went to school here. I got recruited. I'm from Noonan, Georgia, originally, right outside of Atlanta. Got recruited to play football here and went to school at Clemson and just fell in love with the upstate and fell in love with the view of the mountains and the outdoors and the waterfalls and the people. And so after uh, a brief interlude when I went home for less than a year back to Noonan, Georgia, I decided to try to make a go at it and come back to Clemson. And I have had a small business there ever since with a business partner. And we've, that's been about 18 years since we, we did that and started that. And the, the way I got involved in mobility in particular, though, I'm just being interested in Clemson and what was going on. I uh, started volunteering at some of the local uh, community input meetings. They had some meetings for the 10 year comprehensive plan in our, in our city. And so we just started going there to learn and find out what's going on and trying to make the community a better place to live. And uh, connectivity and mobility came up a lot as a deficiency, as something that Clem I believe people who live here know there's a lot of wonderful things. We have a lake right next door to a big university. We have a 17,000 acre experimental forest, which is just an amazing place to go uh, recreate and visit and learn for students. And there's a lot of amazing places in between and historical places, but we to get there, this is my particular situation, we, where we lived in a place that had young kids and we'd push our stroller and to go from where I was a quarter mile away to the botanical gardens or to a park was you, you get run over by big huge trucks or a car. And so the, the infrastructure wasn't built around people like me, somebody who wanted to push a stroller, somebody who wanted to ride my bike. And it's a shame, I thought, because we're, Clemson, city of Clemson is a, a seven square mile town and then the towns next to it central and pendleton and even oconee county and seneca you know we're very small towns and you should things aren't that far apart and so it was really just um we've grown outgrown our britches basically we've gotten bigger yeah. than we had planned i think in the past and and so the idea was can we have a grassroots just movement to, to make that different to make um, something like the swamp rabbit trail or the doodle trail we were inspired by them but we wanted to have something that both had the recreational component but also had some of the functional you know just kind of student a mile away from campus get on their bike and ride safely to campus instead of having to get in their car and go to a commuter lot those are some of the things that we hoped to have happen in clemson yeah, I think it's really interesting uh, for, for me personally, and I think for a lot of other people, when you think of Clemson or you think of another town that typically is, a, is what is a college town, you, uh, you tend to think that there's a lot of accessibility, a lot of sidewalks, a lot of ways for students to get back and forth. Uh, but Clemson was not that way. And I think it's interesting that you make that observation. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was just sort of, you, you make it by necessity because you get to the end of a sidewalk and it's like, okay, where does this go? And you, right. you, can't, you can't go anywhere and it's dangerous and there's four lane roads, which is, every town has their unique things, but we have 100,000 people coming into town for a football game. And so a lot of the four lane roads don't get used that way, yeah, all but seven weekends per year. And yet you still have this really big, huge highway going right through your residential neighborhoods. 
And so I, I just, I think it's more of a, this is what I, I'm really encouraged by what your organization is doing is bringing more of a, a balanced conversation to how we plan our cities, how we plan, plan transit, and also looking at the, the impacts that it has on, on your quality of life for the people who live there, for the people who visit, for the students who want to come to a place, for the tourism. Right. I mean, it's, it's not just a, you know, hey, this guy in his, pushing a stroller is, is having a bad experience. It's, it, it keeps on going and going economically, socially, uh, naturally for conservation kind of issues as we think about conserving our land as we keep growing. That's so right. it's, just, it's just like one of those threads, you keep pulling it. And I wasn't anticipating all that when I first started, but it, it, it kept my interest and my enthusiasm after that when I saw how my experience of not being able to push a stroller across the street could really impact all sorts of positive things. And it, it became a, 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 a movement that I and a lot of other people in the town thought was important. So talk about that movement. How did, how did it start? Where did the idea come up uh, for this trail? Uh, it was actually the seed of the idea before even we jumped on it was uh, with students at Clemson University. So there was a, I'm sure there was other iterations too, but the one I remember was a prof architecture professor named Dan Harding had a, a creative exploration class and every semester his students would sort of build on this. They came up with the idea and the name of the Green Crescent. Uh, the, the, the Crescent is the Crescent Line is a rail line that goes all the way from the Crescent City, New Orleans, up to Washington, D.C. And right. even today, you know, in the upstate of South Carolina, you can jump on an Amtrak uh, you know, train in Clemson or Greenville or Spartanburg, I believe, of right. three, three stops. And so they, they took that, you know, the kind of the, the fabric of that transportation route, the Crescent Line, and thought about the, the green kind of legacy we have here at Clemson of, of having, you know, connection to the land and connection to the forest and connection to this, you know, these resources that were given. And the idea of a green crescent was I thought was a good, a good combination of those. And so that they, they had some lines on a map and they had some ideas on that we could connect the, the campus, Clemson's core campus to the town, to the forest outside of town. And, but as a lot of things happen in class, they graduate and they move on. And so these yeah. things were sort of sitting on a shelf and, uh, so several of us, we've had a, a small group of founding members who are part of this nonprofit organization, just started having some co uh, coffee shop meetings and talking about it and you know, what's possible, can we do this? And it led to eventually getting some funds from the Pickens County primarily, they had a recreation fund, and then the city of Clemson, the town of Central Southern Wesleyan University contributed to it as well, to a feasibility study for the actual Green Crescent Trail to, to try to map it out and look at like, where could this be? What routes might happen? What would it cost? Which is usually an astronomical number when you first sure. start. And, uh, but that, I think that was the real kind of big step where we said, okay, here's a potential plan. And then from there, we've spent the last two or three years trying to take that big, huge plan into bite-sized pieces and say, okay, we don't have a rail line here in Clemson, like an abandoned rail line, like the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Yeah. We don't have, um, you know, old, old infrastructure that we can just put something right on. We're going to actually have to use uh, old, we have to use road easements on the side of roads. We're going to have to get private landowner easements, which is not easy. And we're going to have to use perhaps sewer easements and other, uh, or along creeks and other places in parks to try to, to, piece together mile by mile a route and also use existing roads. You know, sometimes we, one of our ones we're working on now is a route through a neighborhood where you have very little traffic and people are already walking and kids are playing in the street. And so can we 
use just paint on the road to make some more clear markings that, hey, this is a place for not only cars, this is a place for people. And we're going to be walking, we're going to be biking here. They're going to be eight, eight to 80 years old, you know, the young kids and the um, older, older people or everybody in between is going to be walking and biking here. And so trying to make that using existing infrastructure so that you don't have to spend so much money trying to put all that together has been part of the challenge. No, I think that's great. I mean, and it's, you know, kind of partly reclaiming some of this infrastructure that has just traditionally been set aside for, for vehicles um, and it's expensive infrastructure and it's already there. So I think that's uh, really great. So talk a little bit about um, what kind of pieces do you already have in place for the trail? Are there certain sections that are already there? Um, what kind of are some plans for some future growth? Well, in Clemson, there was a bikeway plan and there was a, there's a, there's a good number of sidewalks. So, I mean, there, there are sidewalks in town. I think the thing that was lacking was a connectivity or a plan, kind of a comprehensive idea of what this all could be and which places we want to connect. So we, we, that's been in place for a while. And one of the biggest movements that happened before even we got organized was having, there's a big pedestrian bridge that if you come into Clemson on 123, you'll probably notice it as alongside of Berkeley Drive right next to Clemson Elementary School. And there was a $1.7 million project that involved city funds and county funds and um, some TAP grants, transportation alternative program grants. And some, it, was just, it was a hodgepodge of every piece of you know, grant money they could get um, that was that put together that really changed the fabric of Berkeley Drive because you had a huge number of residential area, uh, areas with houses and people living on the other side of the bridge, but it was a very narrow bridge and people were trying to do it. They were trying to walk their kids to school but it was very dangerous. And so having this bridge basically opened up a, a floodgate of, of opportunity for, for particularly for the use of that, that school. And so my kids go to Clemson Elementary now and on a, uh, each semester when we're not in quarantine mode, uh, we have the, the bike and walk to school day. And we have out of the six or 700 students last year, there was I think 350, almost you know, at least wow. half of the kids biked or walked to school. It was just a smashing success. Lots of people using it. And even on ordinary days, you have a lot of a lot of people using it. So that, that's one piece in addition to just the plans on the shelf that we have in place. And so part of our process of figuring out what's next was, all right, let's, let's attach to that. We already had that there. That's a major investment. There's some momentum there. And so the next piece that we actually got funded by Clemson City Council in the 2019-20 budget, they allocated $650,000 for an additional um, first, kind of first phase of the Green Crescent Trail in Clemson. I'll talk about Central and Pendleton in a moment, but Clemson, City of Clemson in particular, they funded that piece. And we also got a $100,000 recreational trails uh, program grant from the state of South Carolina, which we're really excited to get. Um, so with those funds together, we'll be able to hopefully, we're getting kind of some estimates right now, connect where that pedestrian bridge is on Berkeley Drive, connect down to another park called Clemson Park, and then connect over to, through some residential areas to another park called Gateway Park. So we'll have an elementary school, two parks, and Gateway Park is right next to Clemson, uh, Clemson University. So in the future, we're hoping Clemson University can then also, you know, tap into that network and have kind of start building those, you know, the, the spine of a network there, just one piece at a time. Absolutely. So, so you mentioned Clemson and, or I'm sorry, Central and Seneca. Talk a little bit about, about your thoughts around those communities. Yeah, so from the beginning, we, you know, we, several of us live in Clemson, but we really wanted to expand our scope in our area because Clemson, city of Clemson is 13,000 people, 15,000 people with a big, huge university next door. And I, I think, this is my personal opinion, part of the past planning deficiencies have been not thinking 
strategically enough about the people around us. So, you know, you might've thought about downtown Clemson, but not thought about, well, what happens then when we grow and we expand beyond downtown Clemson? Or what happens when we, you know, keep on growing past the borders of Clemson? And so Central and Pendleton are right next door. They're partners in a lot of ways already with a cat bus system and people live there. I mean, it's a much more affordable place to live in Central, for example. And they have a, a you know, really nice little quaint downtown that has a lot of history to it and wonderful people. And so we, we, we thought that this, the trail system, if, if nothing else, is a connection, is a physical manifestation of the connections that you have in your community. And so we just wanted to make sure a lot of us, you know, there's, there's people who want to have this connected in every part of our town. So Central had its own plans and its own routes, and they've, they've done a really good job. The town administrator and town staff has done a really good job of taking some of those and applying for grants uh, with this much smaller budget. And they've got, they got awarded a uh, transportation alternatives grant for, I think, $550,000. And they're working on filling out the balance of it. There's about a $1.2 million segment that we want to start with in downtown Central and connect to the front uh, of campus of Southern Wesleyan University along Highway 93. So that's a little, a little bit farther behind on the funding until we get that gap filled. But once that happens, we'll have a, a piece in Central. And then they're doing a lot of uh, work on the downtown beautification and trying to make it a main street. And, and so I think it's just each little piece. So Central, Clemson, Clemson University is doing their own thing. Pendleton had its own walkability plan and had their own kind of things. And, and so we're trying to be the, our nonprofit group, the facilitator, the liaison between all of those to keep the connectivity conversation a, a priority and, and a conversation that we can bring everybody to the table. You know, I know that a goal that you have is for Clemson to be a national model for alternative transportation. And I imagine with the the trail idea coming out of of an architecture school, it was probably a design thought first instead of an economic development or else it would have been a business school idea. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about what do you see from a design standpoint? uh, What does it look like for alternative transportation? What what does this trail uh, describe it to me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting to learn more because I'm very much a novice in, the, in design and I've just been reading books and studying it, but it's going to be a, a sort of a, a mixture. There, there, we hope eventually there'll be a true greenway along the side of 18 Mile Creek that'll connect some residential areas to some parks and all the way to Clemson University eventually. And it, it would be truly off-road, you know, it's beautiful. It would really be a regional, I mean, a one-of-a-kind kind of trail because it's in a green space, is not off the road completely, and yet it would still uh, connect some of our newer community centers like Patrick Square and any other development that happens near there all the way to the South Forest and to the middle of campus. So theoretically, you could jump on a trail on a greenway and go all the way to the football game or to some event on campus, stop back by Max Drive-In and get a uh, milkshake on the way back and then go back to your house. And that, that's the vision. Now, we're very far from our vision. Like that's a, It's pretty bold to say Clemson would be a national model because we're, we're not anywhere close. We're, just, we're, we're far away from that. But the, the potential and the reason from a design standpoint we have that potential is because of the proximity, because th- things are close by, and because we have these green spaces all around us. Like Clemson was built as a small town. It was built uh, with agriculture, and but also preservation of forest resources and those kind of things in mind. And so that legacy is here already. We have that. That's what makes us unique in our area of the country. And so I think that what it could look like is taking advantage of those, that kind of land, nature, nature, community kind of interaction. Um, that's, that's what the Botanical Gardens does such a great job of. And that's what Clemson University focuses a lot on. And we just think that could be a physical 
design manifestation of that idea. And yes, it would, it would help economic development for sure. It would help the fact that, you know, hey, this is a, the tourism is important. Getting people to stay an extra day or two after the football game would be nice. Right. You, have par- you have parents coming into town all the time. And, and even beyond that, though, could we be a research uh, area where there's small businesses and incubators and, you know, people come here because of quality of life. This is a, I, my family lives here because it's a great place to live. And as people, I think the COVID-19 situation has taught a lot of people that we, a lot of people want to live in smaller towns and not the big cities. And so, but they don't want to give up some of those amenities that they got in a big city. They still want to have urban-like feeling of being able to park your car, walk around and go to small shops and have an experience of being being there. And if I, we, the message we're trying to get with economic development to the community is like, this is, this is not only an economic development project, it is, it's a quality of life project. It's a reduction of traffic project, which is probably the number one complaint of people to our local government right now is that you have all these commercial development and student development in particular, and is in the roads infrastructure is just not built for it. There's just, it's just not. And undoing that or changing that is going to cost in the order of, you know, tens to hundreds of millions of dollars. And yet we could have, if you compare that amount of money to building trails, that's a much less expensive proposition. And you, but it takes a behavior modification and it takes sort of some changes of your mindset about what is possible. And some people, I don't think at this point, which is why we call it a movement. Some people don't believe that students a mile away from campus jumping on a bike is actually a normal thing. And it is like, it is, if it's more practical, if it's safe, if it's more economical, and that's where the infrastructure comes in the government and the nonprofits have to take the lead on this. And then the private sector and the people using it, you know, will follow behind. And, and I think uh, Clemson's in a, in a unique position to where uh, college students are, are more used to using alternative modes of transportation. They're used to riding a bike or walking or, or you know, whatever. Um, and, and so I think if you could demonstrate that, and I, so I think Clemson's really at a great position to be able to demonstrate how, uh, how people can move about without a vehicle. Uh, so I think you're in a really great place to be able to, to make this work. I agree. And we, and we have the, the cat bus system. I mean, it's, it's, it's got, everything has its challenges, but we have a, an incredible you know, public transit system. Even, it could always be better, but I mean, here we are in a small town that has a bus system that can take you all over town. Um, it, it could be better though. Like right now you can get some of the university routes are great. If you're an international student who came here to live. If you wanted to go to the grocery store on the weekend and it's just, it's just, it's got a gap in functionality. And part of that has to do with the last mile. How, when you get off the bus and try to walk there, you're, you're done. You know, you're, you're, you're lost. Right. And so it's just, it's, we got our, we got to start, we got potential, but we're trying to get that, those next steps. Yeah. So I'm interested to, to know what you're seeing in Clemson right now. I know in the, in uh, the green in Greenville and then in Spartanburg during, uh, during this COVID-19, we have seen uh, just a tremendous increase in the number of cyclists and people walking and, and using some of the trails here. Uh, what are you seeing in, in Clemson and, and in that area? Well, the same thing, especially people living here locally. I mean, there's been people, I mean, at least 10 times probably, because I ride my bike all over town and go to meetings on my bike just because it's fun, ex- fun and exercise. But there's been a lot of people doing that. And, it, but it's also at the same time, it's been kind of weird because students aren't in session. You know, they're not going to camp, school at campus. So you're losing some of that vibrancy that makes Clemson what it is. It's a little bit more, it feels a little more sleepy, but you have all the residents who are out seeing each other, you know, biking around and walking and 
my, my hope is that that experience, because people have to touch it, feel it, experience it when, when you remember what it's like to have that freedom and that uh, energy of getting outside and walking. And, and you realize, hey, the park next to me is only a quarter mile away. I could walk there in 10 minutes and that's wonderful. And we can go take a picnic there. I think experiencing that for yourself instead of having it be theoretical leads to more people saying, yep, this is what we want. We want this more. And that's what I can only hope that as we go forward, that'll be a, a more positive movement from more people. Yeah, I agree. I, I really hope uh, there's several learnings uh, from this situation that, that, I, that we need to come away with. But one of them is uh, using more active modes of transportation, walking and cycling are just two of them. But uh, if we can come away with, with that, and, and I always encourage people, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, a park just a short distance away, that what seems to be a long distance really is, is not for most people. You know, a half mile or a mile walking or on a bike is, uh, you know, it's a 15 or a 20 minute trip uh, for most people. And, and so, uh, especially when the weather's nice, it's just a really great way. And there's all kinds of studies that talk about the benefits of just getting out and being active. And uh, so I do, I hope that's one of the learnings we come away with. I do too. And I hope we see it as a more functional thing. Like I think recreation is always going to lead the way. And so like parks and rec and that, I mean, pe people are going to get out and jog and walk. But I think as you start doing that and you see how it really is functional to do that, you're going to get exercise, you're going to get you know, movement and kind of the mental, like mental health type benefit that you get. But you're also, if you can make it functional and this is going to come down to land use and it's going to come down to how do we mix commercial and residential. Like if you could walk you know, the same distance you walk to a park to go to a, a, you know, a small grocery store or something like that and actually have that, that, that changes the game completely. But it, it doesn't just mean transportation has to adapt. It means land use has to adapt. And it means that we have to think about our towns in a different way. And th that doesn't mean we have to grow into huge urban cities if we're Clemson, but we have to think about ourselves as a small urban town where people can have access to things that they, they didn't have in the past. And we have to change up a little bit. And that that change, I'll be honest with you, is the, the biggest, most difficult uh, factor, I think, to, to, get, to get in because it's so complex and it's scary and there's some good and bad when you change. And I think that's what Clemson's going through right now. We've had growing pains because of success, because of the success of the university, because of the success of the whole region. That the, uh, Clemson is just, just like Greenville and uh, Upstate, I think, is having a lot of people moving in and how can we maintain what was always special to us and the reason people came here in the first place, how can we preserve that and maintain it while still uh, having some dynamism and growth? And that's, that's the challenge of the day. But I, th I personally think uh, alternative transportation and prioritizing that is a, is a key to being able to maintain that balance that if you just allow people to do it the way they always done it, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, I think we're like the poster child for how you don't want to do it on a major scale. Yeah. I still love Atlanta, but you know, you can't just keep widening roads and, and making it bigger and having people drive farther and further away because traffic is the nasty little reality that we're eventually going to figure out. We've got to have clusters of towns that have self-sufficiency there. And then yes, you can get on an interstate and go somewhere else, but you can't just have special, you know, whole areas of town that are like a residential desert. And then you got to drive 30 minutes away to go to a commercial area. You've got to have some mix. You've got to have some adaptability. And that's, uh, we can look, we can look right down 85 and see how some of that experiment went. No, you're exactly right. So Chad, I just, uh, I've got two more questions for you. Uh, so I want to know if people are interested in, in learning more about the Green Crescent Trail, you have a website, how can people find out more? Sure. Uh, so you go to greencrescenttrail.org. 
That's our website. And I'm one of the people who, who updates that. So you can blame me if it's not really up to date. I'll have to work on that now that we're getting the word out there. But um, we also have a Facebook page that we're pretty active on. And we've been working to try to have interns help us out with creating some content. So I'm, I'm big into like kind of online media and YouTube videos. And so we're making more YouTube videos. We're making more Facebook posts and just trying to get the word out and also get engagement with people who are interested in this and get feedback and learn and connect with other people in the upstate who are trying to do similar things so that we can learn and learn from one another. Great. So, so the other thing is you, you mentioned a couple of different projects and, and as we all know, they all require funding. Uh, any, um, any way that people can help you in terms of funding? Do you have, uh, do you do fundraisers? Uh, how can people help with that? Right. Well, just for our organization itself, we, we really see ourselves as an advocacy and you know pub publicity organization to try to get the mission out there. And so any kind of, if you go to greencrescentrail.org, we have a donate button there. And what that goes directly to, we're all volunteers. It helps us hire some of these college interns to help us make videos. It helps us uh, do some advertising and publicity at events, helps us. Um, and, then, and also we save money to have, you know, called a down payment on some of the trail stuff. So we hire a designer to help us do an early kind of vision of what this little location could look like. Um, all, the, all, all of our nonprofit money goes to that. The bigger picture, of course, is when you start building the trails, where that, you know, that's a much bigger pot of money that needs to happen. And so I think we're going to have a mix of uh, local money, local cities and counties are going to, or we hope will continue investing in it, which they've done a, a great job of so far. But then also we want to, we're looking to maybe some corporate public partnerships. And I think the Swamp Rabbit was a big success story in our mind of having where if the city takes the lead or the community takes the lead and you show that there's a vision and you show there's potential for getting people healthier and getting people um, you know, out there in the hundreds of thousands on a trail system like this, there might be some opportunities for some private public you know, publicity naming partnerships too. And we haven't had anything specific with that now, but if anybody's listening to that and thinks that's, you have some ideas on how that might come about, we're, we're definitely have that on our, on our radar as well. Okay, great. Chad, what else? Anything else you want to you wanna add or say before we end? I think I would just say the, the upstate of South Carolina is a wonderful place to live. And, you know, nothing about trying to change and make things better says that that's not true. This is an is a amazing place, amazing natural resources, amazing history, and amazing people too. And I just, I think it's exciting to think about um, when we have some vision for what this could be while maintaining our history, while maintaining our, our core fabric, you know, the, the changing things like this, the transportation infrastructure, some tweaks to zoning, how that can make us an even more amazing place and really almost go back to our roots. You know, some of the, the ways we built our cities back in the early 1900s and some of the places we love in downtown Greenville, I love going to downtown. You know, some of those wouldn't be able to be, be built with our current zoning. You'd have to get some PD or some exemption. And so I think thinking about what we want to be is a great conversation to have. And I appreciate what you're doing of keeping that conversation on the forefront and 10 at the top as well. I think that that's, it's making the small voices like our little organization um, put them out there and hopefully other people who are want to get involved in this can, can do the same thing and are encouraged by that. Well, great. Well, Chad, I appreciate the time.